You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I like this. Well, it's been a little bit of time since we've been able to catch up with Jerry Reynolds, and it's it's that time. we got to do it. Jerry joining us here on our Locked on Kings podcast. Jerry, how are you? I'm just uh, super. Really uh, been a pleasant summer with the exception of this 100-degree <laughs> heat, but yeah. these last few days have been great. Well, I know you're probably like, uh, I know you're an NBA fan, you're a basketball fan. A lot of people have been asking me on the radio and Twitter and social media, when's the schedule coming out? When's the sch-? I don't know, and I'm anxious. It's, it's weird because I know... They'll all be there. They'll all lay out 41 home, 41 road, but I'm kind of anxious for that. Are you too? Oh, I really am because obviously starting so much earlier, and we, we know that there'll be a lot fewer back-to-backs, and so this, the schedule itself will be stretched out a, a great deal. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the sooner they get started with basketball, the better. <laughs> yeah. I saw a report. I think it was Brian Windhorst uh, said something about that. Yeah, but less – you know, we know the league's trying to do that, less back-to-backs to avoid resting. But, Jerry, I have this feeling – schedule's looking going to look nicer for players there's a longer all-star break i know we're going to end up talking about resting game. i think it's still going to happen don't you oh yeah yeah i mean it uh i think it's just part of the equation now you know and i'm obviously not a fan of it and i realize that it you know it, there there may be a time when it's helpful but sure still it just I guess I'm. I know I'm too old school, but it just seems like if you sign a contract to play 82, you ought to play 82 if you can. Yeah. Uh, you know, you 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 sign a contract to work games, and you work every game that you're signed to do, unless you're sick in bed, as far as I know. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes as the season uh, gets closer. Here, uh, we haven't had you on since before the draft, so I kind of want to catch up on your thoughts on that. We'll kind of do this in order. Let's start with draft night. A lot of people liked what the Kings did with their four additions, uh, making the trade to get two extra picks in there. What did you think of the haul the Kings brought in on draft night? Well, I liked it. I mean, I, I think that, you know, De'Aaron Fox, obviously he was a guy that Vladi and, and, and his, his people really focused on. And, and, you know, you see a lot of the potential there with De'Aaron. I mean, the speed and quickness is just special. There's no doubt about that. There's, you know, there's questions, uh, you know, that there's questions about every rookie, <laughs> you know, until they, till they go out and prove it. Uh, there's some flaws and that sort of thing, but you, you know, there's no reason to believe he can't be very, very good. Yeah. And what'd you think about, so then we knew they had 10, they elected to move that, move back and get two picks, 15 and 20. They get Justin Jackson. They get Harry Giles, who are kind of all on the wait-and-see mode. But what do you think about that particular move to add two more players to this roster? Well, I think this team needs, you know, needs players, needs talent. And uh, I think that, you know, Vladi t- took a little bit of a risk with Giles, but I think it's a good risk because he's the kind of guy if, and there's an if there, that if he can get and stay healthy, uh, he, he, you know, he would have been a top five to ten pick, uh, and so that's a good risk. And then Justin Jackson, I think he was a real, you know, quite honestly, uh, played better, I think, than I expected him to play in the summer league. And you know, he he's got a a nice pedigree, and you know, one of those guys that can make shots and knows how to play. And you know, there's no doubt he's got to get stronger and 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 all that. But uh, usually, people do as they get older. Yeah. And then, of course, adding from, you know, there was kind of an MO, character guys, good programs, power programs. 
Then to get the National Player of the Year from Kansas, Frank Mason in the second round, I'm not sure where he's going to fit in, but I also think it may be tough for Coach not to find a role for him. What do you think about Mason coming into the second round? Yeah, it seemed like to me he's an NBA player. Now, as you said, just exactly what kind of role he can have originally or early or you know, how much he might play in the developmental league or G league as it will be called. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, I think he's a, you know, he's one of those guys that's going to find a way to play in the league and stay in the league. You know, he may never, ever be a 35 minute guy, but, uh, there's a lot of toughness there and, and, uh, leadership. And certainly that usually, uh, usually works in the NBA. <laughs> I know you've done the draft process before and been involved in it. Overall, was there a something that, that took you off guard, not necessarily from the Kings, but the overall night that, that surprised you? I mean, I, I still was amazed, Jerry, uh, the amount of stars that have been moved this offseason. But what was uh, maybe any other surprises for you on draft night? Well, I, you know, I, I, I have to say before, you know, with the trade, Danny Ainge trading the first pick, mm-hmm. Uh, for for the third pick and and other things, it was a a bit of a surprise. But you know, after kind of watching things, you know, and knowing Danny, I know I, I really believe he's maybe as good or the as right at the top of the league as far as what he does. And I think he decided that hey, I can get it, get the player I want at three. And I think he did. Yeah. With uh, with Jason Tatum, I'm not at all sure Tatum isn't the best player in the draft and. Uh, and and I think he certainly appeared a lot more impressive to me than did Fultz. So uh, so you know that was <clears throat> kind of what that was. And uh, of course you know the, the with the uh, Butler going to Minnesota, right. and of course the Chris Paul thing, and of course Kyrie Irving, the drama there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Paul George at Oklahoma City. I mean, it's the league, you know, it's the NBA and uh, players do have the ability to move and, and, and more and more, it seems, are inclined to. Yeah, I, I got to ask you about Kyrie because, I mean, it, hey, it's his career. He has, if that's what he chooses, that's what he chooses. I I think he's making a big mistake, me personally, but what what, what what's he trying to do here, Jerry? Well, I, you know, I agree with you. You know, I, I mean, to me, he's in a perfect spot. Uh, now, I don't know. You know, I'm not in the locker room. I, I'm not with that team. But, but you know, yeah, LeBron. It's LeBron's team. There's no doubt. LeBron may very well be the very best player to ever played in the history of the game. I don't know. He certainly, whether he is or not, he's among them. And uh, Kyrie's as good as he is, isn't one of the greatest to ever played in the <laughs> game. <laughs> and I, I, I get that maybe it, it may grade on him to where he knows he's always going to be a second banana and you know as long as lebron's there but uh you know geez you've been in three nba finals you won a championship uh you've been a real hero in that championship uh, at a young age and uh you know it seems like he's kind of forgotten how cleveland was before lebron returned uh i haven't (laughs) (laughs) i know how good Kyrie was but i also know the cavaliers couldn't beat very many people and uh so yeah i i I don't know. I, I think it's kind of kind of sad. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, uh, of the Stephon Marbury and Kevin Garnett situation mm-hmm. in Minnesota. You know, where you know maybe not to quite the same level, but had 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 really Marbury just not been so jealous of Garnett, uh, they could have had a 
you know, a lot of 50 plus win seasons and maybe even Western championships right there with mm-hmm. those two. Uh, but Marbury didn't want to play second fiddle and, and, uh, Quite honestly, it didn't really work out for him after that. No, never did. Never had really for him after that. You're right. How about uh, if we continue in like kind of the progression of what's happened this summer? We talked a little bit about the Kings and the draft. Uh, it then became official. We we thought it might happen, but uh, Bogdanovich uh, coming over. He will be a Sacramento King. Where will he fit in? You think for Coach Yeager's plans this upcoming season? You know, that's a great great question. I, I certainly don't know. I, I know he's a player, and I think he's going to push Buddy. At, at the two guard position for starting minutes, uh, and may may get him. You know, I think he can uh, maybe push. You know, at the starting small forward. Uh, you know, with obviously having Vince Carter and Justin Jackson and and Bogdanovich. You know, and Malachi Richards and all those guys probably fit in there somewhere. And and in the league today, the way the the league goes, you, you can get by with a smaller you know, player at that position a little more often than you used to could. So uh, I, I think he's going to, you know, he's good enough player that, that Coach Yeager's probably going to have to get creative and find minutes for him in a couple of spots. Yeah, and then, so now it's a roster filled with young players, third year, second year, first year guys. So they needed some veterans. They had just a couple in Costa Kufis and Garrett Temple. Then Vlade and the front office staff went to work and added – Three names that, you know, I just didn't know the Kings would be able to get these kind of guys, but what did you think of the additions of, you mentioned Vince Carter, also Zach Randolph, and George Hill. How will those guys help the Kings? Well, I think they'll help them a lot because they're they're good, <laughs> number one, <laughs> and, and their reputations as teammates are, are has been outstanding. Uh, you know, I think Zebo had uh, some struggles early in his career, but uh, nothing terrible, really, uh, but the last... 10 years he's been exemplary and uh, Vince has always been a top flight not you know he's a hall of fame player certainly and still is finding ways to be productive and valuable so and George Hill I'm a huge fan of George Hill and I know just talking to some different people that over the years that have had George and you know with uh I always remember talking to R.C. Buford down in San Antonio a few years ago, and then Phil Johnson last year a lot who I know well and trust at, at Utah, and then of course Bird, Larry Bird at Indiana that had George, and they all say the same thing: the guy is a terrific player, terrific teammate. You just you're going to love him. You can't, you know. And the the only issue is, hey, he's got to stay healthy. Yeah. In the last couple of years, he he struggled with that a little bit, but. Uh, but he, you know, he is a top-flight player. can can play with the ball, off the ball, can guard two positions. Uh, I can't think of a better guy for this team and, and for De'Aaron because, uh, you know, De'Aaron struggling. You know, uh, you, you can plug George is a guy and go play 35 minutes against the best guys in the league. And you know, Kings, you know, needed somebody like Azebo isn't the same guy he once was, but I, I'll tell you this much, I do know about him from watching him last year's. There's still nobody in the league wants to deal with him. Right. I mean, they, if there's one guy that uh, has about half the guys in the league scared of him, it's, it's <laughs> Zach Randolph. You know, kind of reminds me of the old Ron Artest story that, that, that Bird told me when we traded for, for Ron. He said, you know, one thing to keep in mind about Ron, he said half the guys in the league are scared of him and the other half ought to be. <laughs> and and uh, that's, that is Zach Randolph exactly. Yeah. Half you know, half are intimidated. You can see him. I always remember DeMarcus Cousins yep. uh, 
kind of thought he was going to get all puffy, and then he looked up and saw the Zebo and kind of he turned around. He'd, yeah, you know, <laughs> we used to see that with Mitch Richmond a lot because all the two guards in the league. I mean, the truth matter is they didn't want any part of the Rock. Yeah, you, you know, they they went out of their way to be buddies with the Rock. <laughs> Smart choice. Um, Smart choice. <laughs> well, so you've been on both sides of this. You've been a coach in this league and in, and in front offices. I, is that going to be a struggle at all from the top? I don't know if there's a mandate's not the right word, but if they're going to say, hey, we need to play our young guys, but Coach Yeager, it's got to win game. I mean, I, I would think if I'm coaching, I, I'm going to lean on playing George Hill and Vince Carter and Zach Randolph and Temple and Kufus and figure out if some of my young guys can play, but you're in a fourth quarter. It's a Tuesday night. You're hosting the Bucks. You're trying to win the game as opposed to, hey, let's develop Scalabi Sierra and let's develop Bogdanovich. Do you think that'll be a struggle early on at all, or is it just, hey, go out and compete and see what you, see what you have? Well, you know, I do think, you know, knowing Coach Yeager, I mean, he's like any coach. You want to win ball games. It's tough enough to win with the best of circumstances and every advantage. So, uh, and I, I think the way I would approach it, I think these young guys have got a lot of talent, but they need to earn it. Yeah. Uh, and I think these veterans are good enough guys to say, okay, uh, there's minutes for everybody, and if you want a lot of minutes, you you need to play play good, Yeah. you know. Uh, you don't need to be given them, and I think the team will ad- will advance. Uh, certainly, the franchise will advance a lot faster by making guys earn it as opposed to just giving them spots. I I still think that was a huge mistake with Ben McLemore. You know, in his career, just basically gave him gave him minutes, and uh, you know, and I, I think that's one of the good, really good things the franchise did last year with Scal and and. And, and the young players that were they Malachi Richardson, different guys, they had to go down and play in the D League, Papa G, and and I think it was good for them. Yeah. And may maybe that you know, I mean, we may see Frank Mason. We who knows? We may see Justin Jackson get some time down there. I I I don't think so, but you never know. But right. I I mean, the big thing is uh, there's 82 games, and there's going to be there's going to be plenty of time. Those guys will get plenty of time if they're good enough and deserve it. Yeah, you, you mentioned Ben. I, I'm going to ask you about the guys that are now, I guess, old kings, ex kings. Between Ben, whether it's uh, let's see, Tyreek, uh, Tolliver, Galloway, Omri, Collison, that that kind of group that's no longer a king. Uh, any of their deals or moves surprise you at all where they landed? A little Indiana surprised me a little bit with Darren. He'd been there before. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you know, I do know a little bit about that, and and they felt from watching Darren in the last couple of years that he had improved greatly from when they'd had him before, and I agree with that. You know, I mean, he he has become a really good shooter. Yeah. You know, and always has been a, a tries to play D and is a good guy, and probably not the greatest playmaker, but uh, so you know it. it it surprised me a little bit just because like say they, they had had him before. And so, but I think it's a good move on their part. They lost Jeff Teague and, and I'm not at all sure that Darren, you know, he's a lot closer to Teague than maybe the national media thinks. Hmm. So, so there's that. I mean, Ben McLemore, I think is a great opportunity for him in Memphis, but now we learned he's hurt. Yeah. Miss uh, several months. So that's too bad. And, because I, you know, I mean, Ben needs a fresh start. It wasn't gonna, it really wasn't gonna work for him in Sacramento. That, you know, and especially with the new guys coming on board, that one of those deals that ship had kind of sailed. And uh, 
just kind of glad to see uh, Tyreek get a, mm-hmm. you know, get another chance. I mean, if he, you know, we we know if Tyreek can ever get healthy, and I think that's a huge if. Uh, he he could still have three or four terrific years, but I, I'm just afraid that that those knees aren't going to hold up. Yeah, yeah. How about? Um... I like the fit for Omri. I don't know how much he'll play, but I think that playing for the Warriors, I mean, everybody would look good, I guess, on that roster, but I think that could be a fun spot for him. I do, too. You know, I mean, let's face it. You know, I mean, that he, he's going to run the floor. He's going to make threes. He's going to hustle and scrap. He's a good teammate. Uh, I think he'll carve out a niche for himself there. I, I really do, and I, I would agree with you. And I, I think, you know, it'd be some games he might not play at all, and some mm-hmm. games he might play big minutes, but, you know, with Omri, he'll be ready. Oh, yeah. And, uh you know, it'd never be lack of effort with Omri. Yeah, that's for sure. How about Jerry? The other thing that happened this summer, Scott Perry wasn't here long, but all good signs. Everybody was loving what he was doing. I can't fault him for for leaving based on the opportunity to go to the Knicks. Uh, you know, since the Kings have have added Brandon Williams, we can talk about that in a moment too. But what do you? How damaging or is it damaging that they they lost out here on Scott Perry? Well, I don't know if it's damaging. It, it's 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 just what it is. I mean, he's a good man, really likable, very competent, good reputation around the league. Uh, I thought it was a little unfair in, in some ways how it was almost like the national media had decided that Scott did everything good here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I know for a fact that 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 there's one decision maker in every basketball operations and, and, uh, for good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> and bloody Devots is the guy running a, running the franchise. Now, Scott certainly helped. And I think he was a, a, a big help and a good guy and good guy to have around. But I think, uh, and, and I don't blame him for doing what he did. It was a good career move, but at the end of the day is, uh, I think, I think, you, you know, you just can't, can't uh, get past the fact that, the, the, this, who made the decisions? If you like them, uh, you got to give Vladi credit. If it turns out, you got to give the guy at the top credit. If they don't, that's the same guy you give the uh, blame to. Yeah, and then I, I know just from working over the years in, in operations when I really was the decision maker or a part of it, I know you know there's only one, and, yeah. and that's the same way in every franchise. So kind of with that, would you expect kind of more of the same from Brandon Williams, just a guy that will, hey, be another mind, another helper in the front office, but it's it still kind of ends, starts and ends with Vlade, right? Exactly. You know, I mean, he'll be a fill-in-the-blanks kind of guy. It's like having a good coaching staff. You mm-hmm. know, Dave Yeager's a head coach. Uh, the players know who's going to take him out and put him in, uh, but you'll have guys that uh, can help him in their development, can uh, – give advice, all that sort of thing. So it's the same kind of thing. I, I always get a kick. I, I love Sacktown Royalty, and I mm-hmm. read it all the time, but there's always fans, you know, that blame the Maloofs for uh, drafting Jimmer for debt. And I always said, they had nothing to do with that. You know, they never did. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jeff Petrie would be the first to tell you. That was uh, his mistake. The, the Maloofs were owners, and, you know, they might have had guys they liked, but they never told. And, and Jeff wouldn't have let them told tell him anything anyway right you know i mean that's that's so i that's just one of those you know it seems like that's a kind of a fan's myth tale that always happens well the this guy this owner made made him draft this guy or that guy this kind of thing you know it's, the, the reality is it doesn't happen very often if at all yeah it's another good lesson too of jeff who had a really good track record it's gonna get he got more right than he got wrong but you're gonna get yeah. some wrong too 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, he made a lot of great picks, and he made some bad picks. He'd be the first to tell you. And, of course, like I've said many times, he, the year he took Jimmer 10, that's a terrible mistake. Uh, but he also took Isaiah Thomas 60. Mm-hmm. Who if, you, if you held that draft over, he had, Isaiah would have been a top-five pick. Yeah. And now that – no, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't cover the fact that Kings threw away one of the elite players for nothing sure. later on, but uh, <laughs> but that's that's another issue entirely, as we've talked about. Yeah, well, I think what's also exciting, and I know you, like you said, you read Sacktown Royalty, you you you're on the radio occasionally here, and you you hear what the community is saying. It's I think it's kind of neat that people are excited about what this team could be without. I haven't heard any crazy expectations. Look for them to win 41 games and sneak in the eight. I don't really hear that, but I think people are just genuinely liking what's happening. The mixture of the veterans with the young players, hoping they develop. And I think people are kind of in a good place right now with this team. I do too. And and I know I am. And I, and I think I feel that you are. I mean, I really enjoyed the second half of the year. I did too. Now, I'm not foolish enough to, to think of, just because you know, I know how it is at the end of the year when when a lot of teams aren't even putting their best guys out there. But uh, I like the young guys. I think there's some real potential. Uh, they showed some effort, t- team spirit. You know, I mean, they, there's a real nice vibe to this team. And I think the guys they they brought in the new players as well as the veterans. I I mean, you you have to. There's a lot to like. Now it's not gonna. You know, I'd love to be wrong. I don't think it's gonna translate to 45 wins or something but I, I think they're on the right track and and uh, I think you see that you can see the plan and I think that Vladi and his staff have got a lot to be commended for there uh, you know I like the contracts that the veterans that he signed are on uh, you know you can see the depth of the young players and you know just my feeling is that what we can look for is that we want to you know have some idea of the potential these young players and the overall team come out early in the year in November. And then by March, if these young guys aren't better, significantly better than they were in November, then some, in some ways you, you better be wary that you may yeah. have made mistakes on one or two. But if in fact they make that progress and they're still getting better as the year ends and the win total will be what it is, then you can, then you can start to evaluate and think, well, this this guy, this guy, and this guy, they're they're going to be they're they're guys we can build around, and maybe Joe Blow and Eddie Fadoozel, <laughs> we can't, you know, Cooter and, Brown and Cooter Brown. Well, yeah. Cooter, you always got to have Cooter. Yeah. <laughs> the best part, Jerry, is we're actually close. Like we're, I think, a little bit over a month away from probably training camp. About a month and a half from the start of uh, preseason. A little over two months from the uh, it's here it's really coming i love this it really is and uh you know there's so many good things now you know six six preseason games i like that yeah. better than eight i would like it better if they were like two <laughs> uh, i just i hate preseason basketball yeah. but uh I, I with the you know about the last two preseason games on ones that really mount to much but yeah but uh but preseason basketball, as bad as it is is better than no basketball and then like you say the most most importantly you get to the you get to the regular season a little quicker, and and uh, it's a great thing, you know. And I think fans are excited. I know I am. I, I really, I, I honestly, I, I thought about December, January. I thought, yeah, I don't know if I want to, you know, if I need to keep doing this. It, <laughs> it it just wasn't very much fun, you know. And and you know, it we all 
get ourselves on spin control a little bit, but it was getting tougher and tougher to spin. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, about March and April, I, I kind of got rejuvenated. I, you know, kind of got myself to, to being a, you know, an excited, uh, old, old fart. <laughs> well, that's exciting for us, for everybody that's looking forward to having you back. The King's back soon. Jerry, thank you so much for your time. I know we'll do it again soon. Enjoy the, the rest of your uh, summer and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. You will and can't wait. Uh, so a great, always great talking to you. So anytime and, uh, yeah, basketball around the corner. Can't be any better than that. Well, my thanks to Jerry Reynolds for joining us here on Locked on Kings. Always enjoy talking to Jerry. Hopefully you did as well. I know he's looking forward to the season. I am as well, and we're getting closer to that NBA schedule being released. But had to catch up with Jerry and all the things that happened with the Kings over the summer. So thanks for listening. Back again tomorrow with another edition of Locked on Kings. Send your questions into our weekly mailbag, the Friday mailbag, jason.ross at cbsradio.com or on Twitter at Jason Ross. 1140. Until tomorrow, have a great one, and we will talk to you again on another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.